Welcome to the Catholic Cafe, where all that the Catholic Church believes and teaches is served fresh daily. So come on in and see what's on the menu today. Now, here's your host, Deacon Jeff Drzymski. Greetings and welcome to the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff, sitting in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe, sitting here with Tom Dorian, my buddy. Yes, sir. Thank you. A real man, men's wow, man, man you. of man, man thank of you. men's, whatever that means. I you smell know a I'm segue. <laughs> exactly. I smell one. Who, who was your hero growing up? You had a hero. <laughs> my dad. Oh, that's awesome. He was my hero. That's awesome. Thank you. That's a good thing to have. It's a good thing to have a hero. We're going to talk about heroes. Uh, and you know, it really but if you're talking about movies, man, you got to go with John Wayne. Did your dad remind you of John Wayne at all? No, no, no. All right, well, you just, there were some qualities there. Oh, absolutely. That's well, that's absolutely. Who was wonderful. yours? My hero. Yeah. You know, my hero was Santa Claus. Was it really? <laughs> this my confirmation name was Nicholas. <laughs> that's great. You have a son named Nicholas. That's exactly. I love Santa yeah. Claus. Yeah. I, from a, from a from a kid, just love Santa Claus, and I really get, thought it was cool to kind of figure out who he was. Yeah. Right, Bishop, uh, you know, in, in, a, a bishop. He was know, a tough like, dude, too. Yeah, apparently he punched Arius in the face at, at the council. Council of Nicaea. Yeah, that's yeah. pretty That's pretty hard. Santa Claus punched somebody out. Wow. Interesting. So crazy. all that aside, yeah. it's good to have heroes. And I guess it's important for us to have heroes because what we're going to talk about today is like as guys, what what are we supposed to be doing as guys? We, we're kind of on a theme now. We're still, this is like our trifecta. It's like our, mm-hmm. our third show we've been talking about family. Right, and I'm going to keep talking about family, I guess, because that's what God keeps saying. We need to build up this family thing. Sure. We need to help guys understand their role in the family. So that very first show was like how to be a leader in your family and, mm-hmm. and things that you could do, some practical advice. Uh, you know, that was two shows ago, and then uh, talked to last show was we were talking about salvation being born of the family, why the right. Catholic Church cares so much about families mm-hmm. because that's the presence of God to us, mm-hmm. right? And so our salvation comes out of. A family. Living in a family environment, and that's how we come to know God and and, and all these things. So it's, it's it's very important. And so now it's like our role in the family. What are we supposed to do in this family? Mm-hmm. Right? And so we have to remind ourselves again, though, that there's just a lot of bad stuff out there. I mean, a lot. You look at families, and you've got, I don't know, all the unwed mothers, which then also means you've got a bunch of abandoning fathers. Right. Dads. Not really being dads, I guess. They're just... Donors and they're leaving. Yeah, you know it's just it's it's and then some folks that stay around. You know you've got abusive husbands, mm-hmm. right? Then you got things like people wondering like, what is marriage anyway? Mm-hmm. It's anything you want it to be. Yeah, we're trying to redefine the traditional concept of marriage between one man, one woman. Uh, you know, in an indissoluble bond. You know, open to life and how beautiful that is. And man, it's just constantly under attack. It is, and we keep talking about the attack and. Uh, uh, why that's important, but that's why also I think we've talked about a little bit. One of the reasons why God gave us the Holy Family is this shining example, sure, right, to help us to have um, a role model. Mm-hmm. Now you know when you, you, you know you've seen like a like a Bishop Fulton Sheen, and he'd always write JMJ at the top of his little chalkboard, and, and right. some people will write JMJ, and you see the J and the you know who that stands for. Jesus, Mary, and Joseph. That's exactly right. We always know that inherently Jesus comes first. Right. Mary comes second. And, and Joseph is Joseph, last. He kind of brings up the rear, right? It's never Joseph, Mary, and Jesus. That kind of goes right past you, doesn't it? You stop and think about that for a second. 
and of course, our our goal is always, you know, Jesus. We know is the most important mm-hmm. of the Holy Family. I mean, just he's the Savior of the world. Yeah. Right. So we're not going to take kind of important. Very much so. <laughs> we're not going to let kind of fly. It's not, not going to work. Right. No right. donut for you. <laughs> At least not with cream filling. Anyway. There you go. And of course, Mary has always had a treasured role in the church. You know, oh, she's yeah. got the most feast days in the church of any other human. Hands down. Oh, yeah. Big time. Yeah. Tons of feasts. We're just, we're all kinds of, you know, feasts, yeah. you know, uh, in the church. We could do a whole show on that. Right. And then there's, then there's Joseph. Oh, yeah. By the way, there's Joseph. <laughs> and we've already talked about how God intended there to be Jesus's foster father in the mix. Right. To give us that role. Right. And we don't think much about Joseph. Right. Mm-hmm. Because, like, we never hear him say anything in Scripture. Right. So and then not much is really said about him. And, you know, he he actually disappears in Scripture after we have Jesus being found in the temple when Jesus was 12. He's just gone. Where is Joseph? We don't know anymore. It's like he's never hear from him again. He just disappears. And so some people might think, well, he's just not really important. You know, I guess we don't need to focus on Joseph anymore. Let's just focus on Jesus. Yeah, no, no, that's well. There's no way. I, I would say that obviously keeping the import in Jesus is powerful, but oh, again, yeah, that aspect absolutely exactly right. And I know you agree with that, but you don't just chuck Joseph no. out. In mm-hmm. fact, every church has got a statue of Saint Joseph in there. Yeah, they got the statue of Mary and Joseph. Yeah, that we're constantly reminded of the Holy Family and and their role and just how we're supposed to view. Um, uh, family, right? Right. Again, remember from the last show, salvation is born out of the family, right? And so the church, Mother Church, is always putting the family of Mary and Joseph before us, mm-hmm. so that we realize that Jesus is in this context. He comes to us and introduced us, introduced to us. Mm-hmm. I mean, born of a woman. So Mary is the, our the first conduit, the first way we come to know Jesus, and that's why Mary is always going to be important. But so many folks just think. Well, Joseph's done. He did his thing. He really is not important anymore. And that's why we don't talk about him much. Right. But then why is he still in the churches? Good point. Right? Why is he there? And and I think that the church, in her wisdom, wants us to see Joseph as something more than just the guy that was making sure that the bills got paid so that Jesus had a roof over his head. Mm-hmm. Right? That there really was something about Joseph. Right. Now, growing up, we talked about, at the beginning, we talked about role models. Mm-hmm. Right? Your role model is your dad. It's, what a superhero. What a great yeah. what a great role model. Mm-hmm. And, of course, John Wayne. He, he, good guy, too, I'm sure. Absolutely. You know, you know, and you wonder, like, who are the models today? There's some difficult stuff out there. You know, there's some yeah. rock folks that have kind of, uh, you know, paved the way for a lot of unhappiness. Yeah. Not just rock and roll, but just all through uh, all through society. Some pretty bad stuff out there, and people might lift up people who are in the middle of all that, yeah, and see that as something good. And those aren't really good role models. Mm-mm. And as parents, we got to be con- we got to be concerned about who our kids' role models are. Oh yeah, and and I think especially for guys, we have to be extra concerned, mm-hmm. right? I mean, you know, it's just going to say something when you say my role model is, um, you know, is you, you, I guess you could have Jesus as a Christian role model, and that's good, but. What if you were to say Joseph was your role model? 
What would that now, look like? Nowadays? Yeah, you don't hear that, do you? No. You often don't People hear People look it. at you like you have two heads. Who are you talking about? But, you know, we're going to take the rest of this show, and we're going to talk about some stuff about St. Joseph that I think that when you start to look at it, you go, wait a second. Oh, he's the role model of role models. Man, this guy's got John Wayne just covered he, up. He really does. You know, let's, let's, so what is, let's go down this little list. I kind of compiled a little list of things mm-hmm. that help us to see who Joseph was based on what what he, and, and, and then would help us to understand that as dads, mm-hmm. or at least as husbands, mm-hmm. that we got to have these same qualities. Oh, yeah. Right? Joseph was pro-life. Right? He was. You're right. So think about that. You know, now, they weren't doing a lot of abortions, and we don't read about abortions a lot in that time, but there were, there were that, that was going on. Oh, yeah. And so you think about it when your wife, you know, you're, you're betrothed to a woman who's pregnant and it's not your child. Might tilt towards that decision. Or at least, I uh, have nothing to do with this and I'm leaving. I'm, I'm jetting. Yeah, right? leave, leave quietly. Exactly. Well, if so, you're a gentleman. Well, but again, the, the point is, he, he, he was pro-life not only because of making sure that Jesus came into the world, mm-hmm. right? that the Savior came into the world, right? making sure Jesus was born, but also because he didn't want Mary to die. Right. Right. He he could have uh, been in favor of the death penalty. Yeah. Could have brought her brought her before the uh, judges and had her stoned. Well, I mean, you know, adultery was not looked upon lightly in a right. small town like that. I oh, guess no. I guess she might have been stoned to death. She would have. You know, and so Joseph is pro-life. And so the question is, do we encourage a culture that welcomes the most vulnerable? Right. Those who are uh, going through difficult times, those uh, and those who are yet born. Right. Right? Do we care for the unborn? And that's something as as um, uh, he had every he had every reason to leave, but he didn't. Right. He's pro life, and yes. how pro life are we? Right. So that's one thing. Another thing I wrote is that that Joseph essentially clung to his wife. Right. He could have abandoned ship. We mentioned that a little bit. He could have abandoned ship. It was so easy for him. It's scandal. Right. I'm out of here. This is not my doing. And I don't want to be uh, dragged down into this muck, into this scandal. Yeah. But instead, he stayed by her. Yeah. He made the conscious choice, right, to to to, to say yes to the angel in the dream, mm-hmm. and he made the conscious choice to stay with Mary, even uh, you know when things looked bleak, they were scandalous. Right. Right. And so, even though our culture might say leave and abandon ship, he stayed the course. So he was tough. He was tough. He put, a, he, you know, and I guarantee even afterwards, after Jesus was born, they didn't, they're always like, there goes that kid. Right. You know, you know that story, don't you? Yeah. You know, it doesn't just go away. No. He stayed the course. Yeah. And he was a righteous man, scripture tells us. So then another thing is that Joseph truly loved his wife. You know, we hear those vows, Right. You know, for better, for worse, for richer or poorer, in sickness, sickness and in and health. health. You know, that do us part. All those things happened in their marriage, and Joseph stuck with Mary. Yeah. Right? You don't do that unless you love them. Right. He truly loved her and, and, and stayed there, you know, and I'm reminded of the scriptures. St. Mm-hmm. Paul tells us to love our wives even, even as Jesus loved the church, laying his life down for her. Right. That's love. That is love. That's what Joseph did. So we got more to talk about Joseph. 
Before we do that, remind folks at home, we've got a great website, www.thecatholiccafe.com. Yeah, Don't forget the word the. Critical. Yeah. Okay. So thecatholiccafe.com. Also, I would love to hear from you. Send me an email to deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. Let's take a break, hear from my lovely wife, and we'll be right back. I'm Bess Drzymski, and this is another great moment in church history. St. Peter Julian Amard was born in a small town in France in 1811, and from his childhood days he felt a calling to serve God as a priest in the Catholic Church. But St. Amard's road to the priesthood was not to be an easy one. Anti-clericalism was rampant in French society in the early 1800s, and on top of that, the Amard family was poor. His father, reluctant to give his blessing to his only son's desired vocation, finally allowed him to enter the seminary to study for the priesthood. Unfortunately, St. Amard had to leave the seminary due to serious health issues, but he never gave up on God's call. He finally finished seminary after overcoming many obstacles and was ordained a priest in 1834. St. Amard, despite his ill health, was a surprisingly energetic and enthusiastic priest. He had a strong devotion to Mary, the Mother of God, and enjoyed traveling throughout France to various Marian shrines. He joined the Marist Fathers in 1839 and started immediately preaching, writing, offering spiritual direction, educating, and organizing. He eventually became provincial of his Marist order. St. Amard never waned in his love of Mary and in his belief in Christ's real presence in the Most Blessed Sacrament, which was encountering a resurgence of devotion in France at the time. He took this opportunity to found a new order, the Congregation of the Blessed Sacrament, still active today. This order was known for its devotion to Eucharistic adoration and for preaching about the gift of Jesus' presence among us in the Eucharist. The Congregation of the Blessed Sacrament encountered many difficulties along the way. The fathers and the brothers of the order took a vow of poverty, chastity, and obedience to the bishop, and times were tough. Nevertheless, their persistent faith in Christ protected them and provided all that they needed to survive and to do their work. St. Amard and his order were very effective in fostering love and reverence for the Blessed Sacrament. They prepared young adults for First Holy Communion, preached at Eucharistic devotional liturgies, and were very effective in reaching out to fallen away Christians and bringing them back to the church. St. Amard went on to found a second order, an order of women religious called the Servants of the Blessed Sacrament. While this order performs numerous acts of charity and outreach, the Sister Servants of the Blessed Sacrament find their devotion centered on adoring Christ in the Eucharist. I'm Bess Drzymski, and this is another great moment in church history. Welcome back to the Catholic Cafe. Here's Deacon Jeff. And we're back in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe, sitting here with Tom Dorian. Yes, sir. Thank you. Mr. Dorian, thank you for being here with us today. Thanks and we're for looking over me. your resume, and I don't think that we're going to be able to uh, offer you anything uh, suitable, but uh, just kidding. I'm glad you're here, Tom. Thanks for having me, Deacon Jeff. <laughs> so, so we're talking about St. Joseph. Hey, speaking of that, have you ever noticed when it comes to men, when it comes to fathers especially, yeah. on TV, 
uh-huh. they'll portray a guy as just a dunce. Yeah, Especially what, in a family context. Why is that? I don't know. That's what I'm asking you. Do you think you. that's part of the trying to dismantle families and break down know. the family structure? Because I mean, really, seriously, think about all of the comedies really in the last 30 years. Yeah. You don't have any more Father Knows Best. No, they're gone. That's all gone. I don't get that. I guess when John Wayne died, all that stuff just died with it. <laughs> no, seriously. Don't you think? There is a lot of truth to that. And I'm, so there's just like, we don't do the Pledge of Allegiance. The kids, I mean, it's just things have changed in our culture in a profound way. And a lot of it has to do with just how men are portrayed and what men do yeah. and what they don't do. And if you have a bunch of dumb men and we raise kids to believe that men and families are dumb, fathers are dumb. Goes back know, to breaking down the family. It breaks it down. So that no one, there's no leadership. And again, you don't see God in your father, right? right? And that's why we need good Saint Joseph. He's our hero. He, he is, he is a, the perfect role model. So we 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 talked about Joseph being pro life, mm-hmm. right? We talked about Joseph clinging to his wife. He did cleaving to his wife, to use an Old Testament term. Yeah, yeah, and and the fact that he loved his wife. He did, right? So the next one I want to talk about is that Joseph was obedient to God. He really was. Well, you know, you stop and think about it. He, he, you know, God said through an angel, yeah, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary, your wife, yeah, right into your home. Don't be afraid. He could have ignored that. He could have said uh, it was something I ate. You know, I had some undercooked rabbit or something, uh, right. and it just—I uh, don't know what that had was. This freaky dream. And exactly. I'm not paying attention to that. Right. You know, and so I guess the, the thing is, he was obedient to God. Mm-hmm. And so, as men, what do we do? Are we listening to God? Right. Are we even? Do we even have our our ears open? Well, I think he was a man of prayer too, because right. for you to even hear that or pay attention to that, you've, you've got to be a man of prayer. Right, so you've got to go into the Blessed Sacrament. You've got yeah. to in Mass. You get you got to tune into God That's to be right. able to hear Him. That's right. It's a noisy world, big time. Absolutely. So Joseph was obedient to God. So then, also this next one is important. Joseph protected his family. You know, imagine this. First of all, Joseph has to take his pregnant wife. They're going to to uh, to do the roll call thing. You yeah. know, Bethlehem and all that, and they're heading to Bethlehem for the census. And you know. And then it's like, Joseph, guess what? You know. You're going a different direction, My buddy. baby's going to have a wife. You know, he gets all freaking out or whatever. Imagine because it's stressful because here you're on the road. And then you get to you get to Bethlehem and there's no room at the inn. Right. That's some serious stress. How major. And it's putting him in the role of protector. It's not like Mary's going to say, sit down, Joe. I got this covered. She's right. busy having a baby. She's going into labor. Right. You know, and the, by the way, the savior of the world's coming here, you know. Right. And so Joseph's got to do something. He protected his family. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, as soon as the baby's born, what does King Herod do? Hey, uh, why don't we just kill all the newborns? That way we'll find them. Yeah, we'll, we'll take care of him. I don't really like this whole idea of a savior being born right. on my watch. So, so they have to go into Egypt. Yeah. Joseph leads them. He takes them into Egypt, flight into Egypt. And it's like... He had to protect them. That's a, that is the role of protector. So the question is, are we the leader in our family? Yeah. Are we, are we being that role of protector when our family needs us most? Or are right. we waiting on our wife or somebody else to pony up? Are we yeah. waiting on the government to tell us what to do? Or are we waiting on somebody else to tell us what to do? Yeah. Or are we willing to lead? 
right? Knowing, of course, God's calling us, right? Do we listen to God, but, but, but do we lead mm-hmm. and answer that call and act like uh, the leader of the family? So another one is Joseph is a man of work, right? He, he's, a carpenter, he's a carpenter, and, of course, he's, he, he taught his son his trade, right? Right. I would love to, by the way, own like a chair made by Jesus. <laughs> I mean, that, that'd be kind of cool. Kind of, yeah. It, it be... would, I'm telling you this, it would not creak. You know, after a while, like the joints and stuff, and it creaks or what? This would not creak. It'd be solid. Oh, it'd be good. Yeah, and it would last forever too, which would be good. You know, that have going for it. But, but he was a man of work that did work to support his family. Right. You know, you stop and think about it. Um, you know, do we do we have the dignity of our work? Do we do we let people know that we have a job and that we are proud to be part of you know supplying the the needs of our family right. through honest days work. Sure. Or do we gripe and complain? Great point. Great question. Yeah. We go home and it's like, ah, you know that boss and that idiot. They don't know anything they're doing down there. And and I, I just think sometimes we're just a little too vocal about yeah. that. You know, and speaking of being vocal, this next one's pretty important. Joseph was silent. That's kind of like, duh. Not a word. There's no, there are no quotes ever around anything with Joseph. He doesn't. And, and Joseph said... There's nothing. Right, nothing. Nothing. <laughs> right. And, and and yet, we are so quick to grumble, to speak, to have our opinion, to make sure everyone knows what we think, and yeah. it's usually about us, mm-hmm. and what we didn't get, or what we need, or, or whatever. And no one even asked. And we're willing to give all these opinions. Right? You know, but... But he still spoke volumes. In his actions. Exactly. In the stuff that he did. Yeah. It's like... I like those kind of guys. You know, you, you can those have are, faith those, in those them. Are, those are men's men. Will, those are man. That's, that's a man's right. man. He doesn't need words to tell you what. Like, here's what I'm going to do. Right. All right, and y'all you know, stick with me because what I'm going to do is, you know, they're, they're selling you on something. Right. And and then the guy that kind of boldly goes, it's like, dude, where's Joe going? Follow him. Right. Right. And and that's what, I guess we need to think like that. And and I'm going to bring up this one more, and and that is that Joseph. This was important, I think. Joseph was a man of purity. Mm-hmm. Now, think about this for a second. Now, this is especially important for guys because what are one of the biggest struggles that we have in the in the human family today, right? What, what is the sin that's really just kind of eating away at the men? Oh, any anybody you talk to is yeah, uh, it's that computer, right? Yeah. It's pornography, and it's just yeah. it's pronounced and profound and prolific. It is everywhere. Oh yeah. You ask any priest, and they're going to tell you the most confessed sin yeah. involves that. Yeah. Now, think about this for a second. Mm-hmm. Joseph never had marital relationship with Mary. Never had marital relations with her. Mm-hmm. Now, arguably, Mary is the most beautiful woman in the world. Yeah. What a beautiful creature. Yeah. And yet, Joseph was able to master his own body. Right. His own urges or desires to the degree that he... Stayed with his wife. He loved his wife. He supported his wife. He protected his family. He did all these things. He didn't speak, right? He didn't speak out of turn. I'm sure he said words to his wife, like, I love you and whatnot. But mm-hmm. in Scripture, he doesn't say anything. He was a man of action. He did all these things. And yet, he never has marital relations with Mary. Right. Now, I'm going to tell you something. If I've struggled in the past with lustful thoughts or whatever, it does me good to stop and think, you know, I'll tell you a good intercessor. Is Joseph. Joseph. It's like I love in the in the in the um, the divine praises. You know, 
uh, blessed be Joseph, her most chaste spouse. Mm-hmm. He's chaste. Yep. He's holy. He's good. He's pure. There's a purity in Joseph that we can espouse to, right. that we can rise to. And so even in our, our relationships, in our marriages, to be able to make sure that, that our eyes don't wander, that our thoughts and our, and, our, and our hearts don't wander. Right. Right. Joseph, help me. I'm struggling. You know, I'm looking across the parking lot and I'm seeing something right now that I don't know if the devil put that person right there in front of me right now. But mm-hmm. Joseph, I need your I need your help. Right. Right. My wife's gone out of town. Uh, you know, uh, just keep me away from the computer. You know, my faults, you know, my uh, my weaknesses, Lord. Yep. Joseph, tell the Lord, help me, you know, yeah. let me have some of your strength. Yeah. Right. Which obviously is not Joseph's strength. It's the Lord's strength. Yeah. Right. And so such a beautiful thought to, to, to realize that Joseph, man, he's he's the guy. He is the guy. So all these things cause us as men, uh, you know, it's it's going to help us to pony up, to be the men, right? We we must, I'll go through this litany, we must encourage a culture that welcomes the most vulnerable. We must stay the course no matter what. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. We must listen to God. We are the leader of the family. Act like it. An honest day's pay for an honest day's work, the dignity of work. We need to stop grumbling, whining, complaining, and act like men. We need to pray for Joseph's intercession in times of lust or sexual immorality and temptation. Mm-hmm. He's this excellent role model, and the church has always viewed this. I love in um, Joseph's, St. Joseph's Feast Day, uh, we, we read this beautiful um, uh, the preface, right? The priest prays the preface before the Eucharistic prayer. And in there we hear, For this just man, speaking of Joseph, was given by you as spouse to the Virgin Mother of God and set as a wise and faithful servant in charge of your household to watch like a father over your only begotten son who was conceived by the overshadowing of the Holy Spirit, our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him, the angels praise your majesty, dominions adore, and powers tremble before you. Heaven and the virtues of heaven and the blessed seraphim worship together with exaltation. Is that not beautiful? It is beautiful. That is beautiful. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Grant, we pray, Almighty God, that by St. Joseph's intercession, your church may constantly watch over the unfolding of the mysteries of human salvation, whose beginnings you entrusted to his faithful care. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the earth of the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. for listening to The Catholic Cafe. For more information, visit us on the web at thecatholiccafe.com. You'll find many links to Catholic resources on the web. You can also listen to previous shows online, download MP3s, or take advantage of our podcast feature. If you'd like to contact Deacon Jeff, send an email to deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. The Catholic Cafe is brought to you by the Order of Malta Federal Association and is broadcast with ecclesial permission from J. Terry Stive, Bishop of Memphis in Tennessee. Join us again at the Catholic Cafe. There's always room for one more at our table.